welcome once again to the E-Bone Zone. I invite you to sit back, relax, and listen for the 310th time on this Friday, November 11th, 2022. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode, The Passion of Paper and Ink. I've been doing a little reading here recently, particularly the book Kissing a Whirlwind. And as a matter of fact, I have the author here with me. This week, I sit down with Angela Henley to discuss everything about how this book came together, the inspirations behind the characters and events. Everything is on the table, and I hope you enjoy it. Ange, welcome to the podcast. I'm glad to have you here. It's good to be with you on this whatever day this is. Well, I'm really glad you're here. This is uh, this is really kind of cool. It's sort of an honor for me. You're just saying that because I'm your elder. You're trying to get in. Well, no, actually, you're one of the reasons I even started this podcast. Because <laughs> really? It, I don't if, have a podcast. If it wasn't for you and Vern Lundquist, I don't know <laughs> if I would have... <laughs> I don't know. Quite a combination there. (laughs) Y'all are two of my biggest influences, and I haven't, well, I haven't gotten to talk to him yet, but... Bless his heart. Y'all pray for for Ethan over here. Okay. (laughs) Man, what a way to start this thing off. (laughs) Anyway, what we're talking about today is your book. My book, yes. Kissing a Whirlwind. That's an interesting title. We'll get into that a little bit later, but first, to get to the point where you want to write a book... You first have got to have a pretty healthy love of reading. So can we start off by talking about how yours started? Mine started from the very beginning, I do believe. My mom, of course, loved to read. She had a book in her hand almost all the time. And my earliest memory is my mom sitting on my bedside, either reading the Bible to me or a Bible story to me. And she encouraged the uh, love of reading in me through the years and shared books with me. When she would get interested in one, she would share it with me and we just... She and I always talked about what we would write a book, if we were to write one together, what it would be, and the plot, and that sort of thing. So I I have just always been surrounded by people who enjoyed reading. That was back in the day when you actually had a book in your hand, Ethan. I I don't have anything against the—in fact, my book is for sale by Kindle from Amazon, but I like having a book in my hand to read. I've read from Kindles before, but if I'm being totally straight with you, I like reading from a— hardcover book as well it just there's something special about it i don't know what it is but reading from an ipad just doesn't do it for me well you know either way there's nothing wrong with either one i just i suppose i'm old school but again if you order my book from amazon you can get it either way either have the book in your hand or have it on your kindle but i i'm old school i like having a book in my hand take me all the way back to the beginning what was your first idea for writing a novel Oh, well, uh, the first idea for writing a novel, I think, was a plane that crashed on an island, which that book, that was back before I even had a computer to type on. So I was writing that one on a notepad, and it never went anywhere. And I have written several books through the years, Ethan, that never got past a notepad or my laptop until this one. And this one was written during the pandemic when all you had time to do or things to do was go to work and then go back home. We couldn't do anything else. And so I would write this one, and when I was finished... I actually finished it. Uh, my husband said, perhaps you should try publishing this one. And I did. And honestly, it's a great book as far as I can tell. I'm on chapter 10, I'm pretty sure. And I think my favorite character yes. is Jackson Thomas. <laughs> Jackson. <laughs> well, 
his name is Jackson Thomas, but that's part of the joke in the book is that his name appears to be backwards. But uh, yeah, he's my favorite. I don't know why, but he's just like there's <laughs> something about it. He just clicks with me. So he, he's an FBI agent, Ethan. Do you have aspirations to be a FBI agent at some point in time in your life? Oh, my goodness. I get too nervous to work for the FBI. <laughs> I would be a jerking ball of nerves within the first five minutes. Kissing a Whirlwind is an interesting title. Can you tell me how you came by that? Oh, well, I, I was called at times by my mom and by my grandmother and my aunt as a whirlwind, because as you well know, you've worked with me. I tend to do 14 things at once and uh, just kind of a whirlwind here and there. And when I was putting this novel together and trying to come up with a title, Kissing a Whirlwind was the first thing that popped into my mind and it seemed to work. And again, if I had thought about it, because I have had people to ask me when you're, I'm out in public in a bank or in a store and you're yelling across and they say, what's the name of your book? And I say, kissing a whirlwind. I probably would have named it something else if I had <laughs> thought about I'd be in public yelling out the name. But um, part of what I do is to get people to smile. So hopefully the title of the book will make you smile. Well, you've definitely made me smile with this book so far. There's some really funny moments in there. I found myself laughing at words on a page. Oh, I, never, <laughs> I never thought that would be a thing, but I have several times. <laughs> I've tried encouraging Ethan to read since he started work here. I, I didn't know I was going to have to write a book to do that, but there you go. Well, the old saying is, if you want something done right, do it yourself. <laughs> well, I, I enjoyed writing this book, and I hope others enjoy reading it. And thank you for the compliment. The writing sessions, I'm curious about those. Was there a special place you had to get to in your mind in order to craft the narrative and sort of make the story take shape? I would usually write... Late in the evening, uh, after supper or after everything had wind down and, and I had some quiet time, I would get the laptop and pile up on a couch and just type until I couldn't. And I don't know how to explain that. I would have, it was almost like a movie would play in my mind about how I wanted the story to go. And so I would sit down and type until I, I just couldn't. And then I would, Sometimes I would come right back to it the next day. Sometimes it would be three or four days, even a week or two, before I could come back and take off writing again. But it was usually late in the evening when I would write. Could you go into detail about how you decided on the storyline? I'm really interested in this. What makes it interesting to you? My mom said years ago, and I keep bringing her up, but years ago when I was in college, she said, these are the, the best years of your life and you're really going to enjoy this. And I thought, no, it's not. I'm in school. I'm having to learn and, and you know all this stuff. But I really did enjoy my time at Appalachian State University. I had two hysterical roommates. They were sweet as can be, but they were so funny at times. And we would laugh until we hurt. And I just incorporated all that together. I thought, okay, I want to... A college scene and uh, two college roommates with this story, this book being based around basically one of the roommates. And some folks have asked, is this a, a book about yourself? Is this real life? And it's not. It's totally fiction. I did base some of the characteristics of my roommates and even myself on these characters, but everything's fiction in the book. So I'm guessing that Jennifer, since Renee had one roommate, yeah. Jennifer would be a combination of the two of your Exactly, roommates. yeah. Well, actually, Renee uh, is a combination of me and, and the roommate, so everything is a combination. Who would you say is your main influence as a writer? I know that's 
probably a difficult question because I've heard you have many. It is, and I enjoy reading. Now, as a Christian, of course, and and I don't mean this to sound like a cliche or that I'm trying to be really impressive in this interview, but the truth is I enjoy reading the Bible, and there is a bunch of stuff in the Bible that people don't realize. There's intrigue in the Bible and and love stories in the Bible and tragedy in the Bible. So there is a lot of interesting things in the Bible to read, but I, I do. I read my Bible. I've taught Sunday school for years, so I... I read and study that. Uh, a lot of Christian authors, I love Max Licato and the stuff that he writes, different influences through the years that I have. My goodness, I, I, I tend to do a lot of different types of reading. I love poetry, so I have done a lot of, um, read a lot of poetry books and different things. It's a lot of different influences. Now let's dive into the characters, particularly your thought process on Renee. What did it take to bring her to life? I suppose I wanted to make a point with this book, Ethan. I have raised a son, but then I I have known, I have been a a youth leader. My husband and I were youth leaders years ago in Statesville, and I have taught Sunday school for years. I've taught young girls a lot in Sunday school, and so I have seen different things, and Renee's main thing her main theme is she sort of lived in a bubble she was raised in a, a christian home and and uh, always in church and and just kind of wore rose-colored glasses and saw the world from that perspective and i did that to a certain extent but you can't just live in a bubble and you can't see everything through rose-colored glasses you have to be a realist at some point and so that was where i i took her from and She was trying to stay within her bubble while she was at college, but some things happened to her. There was human trafficking that she was suddenly faced with. There were some other real-world things that she was faced with. Her roommate uh, encountered some things with a, a villain in the book. And so she's trying to figure out how to live her life because her bubble sort of got bursted. Honestly, that's kind of interesting. We hear about Renee's bubble bursting at some point in the book. I don't want to give too much away, but when was that point for you? My freshman year in college. (laughs) I went to Appalachian State thinking that everyone was a Christian, that everyone believed in God, just like I did, that everyone was raised by Christian parents. And my freshman year, I can remember a young lady that lived in a room across the hall coming to my room one night and we were talking about different things and got off on talking about God and creation. And she said, well, creation is one theory. And for just a few minutes, I she just talked because I had no idea what to say back to her. And she was quite convincing from her viewpoint of that creation is just a theory and that there are other things that are more rational or more logical or more acceptable and that just blew my mind and I realized my freshman year that most people do not was not raised the way that I was in a small town and always in church and that their perspectives of God was different from mine and so my bubble and my rose-colored glasses I had to lose those my freshman year in college. We've covered the main character, so what about the main setting? Roy Dan, North Carolina. It's a fictional place, and I should know because I got curious. I looked it up on Google Maps, and I found no results. 
So can you tell me about A, the main setting, and B, where the name came from? I'm really interested in that. Well, Western North Carolina is the setting, and that's because I've grown up in Western North Carolina, went to college at a Western North Carolina university, and so I just, that's what I know, so I picked that setting. As far as the name, it is a combination of my husband's name that I just kind of did an acronym and did a, a new word, and so that's where it came from. And I had actually picked Oak, was it Oakville or Oakdale? I can't remember now, but there's actually a town in North Carolina by that name, and I didn't want an actual town. I didn't want it to be confusing to readers, and so I was trying to make everything fiction. What was the process of getting this book from your mind into somebody's hands like? How did that work? Oh, that was the most tedious part, I suppose. I did a lot of research online about publishers, and there's a lot of publishers out there, some good, some bad. And so I actually went to the Better Business Bureau and did some research and read some reviews because there are some publishers out there who just want to take your money and could care less about what your book is. And I wanted a real publisher, someone who actually cared about producing a good book. I talked to some other friends who have published books. I called some other authors and said, okay, take me through the process. And and if you don't mind, I am taking notes. And I did. I would take notes and ask lots of questions. And a lot of people were very gracious and gave me a lot of information. It's just you have to do a lot of research. I would advise somebody, if you're writing a book, don't just go with the first publisher that you talk to, but do some research. Since I have published mine, I have had other people to send me messages or emails and say, I'm thinking about going with Covenant Publishing, which is who I went with, and what is your advice concerning that? So that is the best course of action. Just do your research, and you may find that another publisher fits better with what you're doing if, if you're writing a book. And here's what I'll do for you. If you want to know more about publishing your own book, I'll put a link to Covenant Publishing in the description, as well as some links to how to learn how to publish a book and choose a publisher. That would be a good idea. And if you know someone who has written, who is a published author, I would advise you to talk to them and ask them lots of questions. What's your favorite part of this book from a reading perspective? If you could slip out of the writer's chair for a minute and just back on the sofa as a reader, what would you say is the part that connects with you most? I love the banter, the conversations, the relationships between the characters. Within this book, there's the two roommates, their relationship. There's a mother-daughter relationship. There's two sisters, that relationship. There's two different couples in there that are falling in love and and developing a relationship. So I suppose the banter back and forth and the relationships between the characters would be my favorite part. Thus, the, the Christian fiction part is actually a Christian romance fiction book. It has a little bit of mystery in it, a little intrigue, a little uh, crime novel. I I was trying to throw as much as I could throw into one book, Ethan, if you want to know the truth. This being a Christian romance novel, and I was just reading through it, I was like, could I possibly like romance novels? (laughs) Does this mean... That I like romance well, novels. Well, now this is not a <laughs> this, is, this is not a straight romance novel, as you know, because as I mentioned, I do have the human trafficking investigation, a drug trafficking investigation. There are some bad guys in this book. 
there is a police investigation in this book, uh, some bad stuff that happens to some of the main characters, and some of the things that the characters are dealing with. They're, we mentioned Renee and that she's lived her life in a bubble and rose-colored glasses, and that's suddenly taken away. But there's a character in there who's angry with God because of some bad things that's happened in their life. There's another character who's one of those that says, oh, I believe in God, but I don't want to go to church. I don't want to read the Bible. I don't want to have anything else to do. I'm just going to say I believe in God, and that's as far as it goes. So there are some other things that we tackle within the pages of the book. So it's not just your typical, I hope, uh, not just your typical romance novel, but there's some other intriguing things in the plot. Well, I had never really read a romance-type novel until this one, so (laughs) (laughs) I'm telling you, I'm working on Ethan. I'm trying to get his reading expanded here. It's far from typical and always interesting. Thank you. To anybody reading it, or is reading it, in my case, there's a question on all of our minds. Okay. Will we get a chance to visit with the citizens of Roydan again? We will. I am in the process of working on a second novel that would focus on the other roommate. So, to be continued. I I haven't gotten to the publisher part yet. I am still in the writing phase. So, I'll let you know. Honestly, I think it's going to be really cool because this one has me hooked. Almost every morning, I'm reading through it. (laughs) And I'm I'm like, okay, what's going to happen next? I got to know what's going to happen with Renee. (laughs) You'll be hooked on the second book, too, I hope, Ethan. The first one, if that's any indication, it's got a pretty good shot. (laughs) Okay, good deal. How can people find your book? They can go online to Barnes & Noble, online to Amazon, and either of those you can either get the Kindle or have the paperback sent to you. Locally, we have the book here at the radio station and at the Wilkes Heritage Museum. They have some signed copies, autographed copies there, so... Four different ways that you can get the book, either here at 3WC, well, actually five. If you if you know me, I, I have copies of the book myself. So from me, from here at the radio station, Wilkes Heritage Museum, or online through either Amazon or Barnes & Noble. And lastly, how can you see this book advancing the gospel? On more than one occasion, and that was important to me, that... God was glorified somehow in this book. And on more than one occasion, the good news, the process of salvation, how to be saved, is presented in this book. And I hope it would be such a blessing for someone to read this book who doesn't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and to get saved. And that would be a tremendous blessing to me. But I also pray that Christians who read this are encouraged in their walk, or that they're strengthened in a way to be able to share the gospel as some of these characters did share the gospel with uh, the ones they were in a relationship with in the book. It's been a great time hanging out with you. I have appreciated this, and honestly, I hope we can do it again. Me too, Ethan. If that second book ever makes it to the publisher, I will let you know. Absolutely, and I'll certainly have you on the podcast because this one has been really interesting to talk about, so I can't wait to sink my teeth into the next one. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you very much. I appreciate it. And I'll remind you once again before we part ways until next week, if you want to pick up a copy for yourself of Angela's book, Kissing a Whirlwind, you can by visiting the description. There you'll find several links that'll make it easy for you. 
Thanks for listening to this week's episode. I'm really glad you could make it, and I hope you enjoyed the festivities. If you want to stay connected to the show, I'd invite you to pop on over to Facebook or Twitter and give the page a follow. Just search Ebone Zone on Facebook and Official EBZ on Twitter. If you're new, don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Until next week, my friend, God bless you, stay humble, and remember, keep an ear out.